Welcome to Becoming Your Greatest Possible Self. I am Chris Burns, America's number one motivational speaker for fiery inspiration and GPS coach for entrepreneurs and high achievers. Each episode, we interview leaders and great role models who make a massive impact in the world to help you master yourself, take courageous action, and make every day your best day ever. So we got Alex coming on here in just a sec talking about like really creating some transformational experiences at live events and, you know, destination events. And, uh, you know, it's like she's she's worked with like so many big, impactful, life changing and significant high pressure events. So you definitely want to stay tuned to this. She has a ton of wisdom and uh, is just a, a genius at what she does. So let's talk about you because you're becoming your greatest possible self. You're here today to grow. So thank you so much for being here. Uh, just choosing to be on the journey. Like I acknowledge you. I witness you. I love you. Keep showing up. Okay. If there's anything I could do to support you, let me know. Uh, otherwise, my recommendations are keep tuning into the 12-hour marathon and become your greatest possible self. Uh, continue your journey with myself by launching your own podcast or coming on the 12-hour marathon or take the next steps with people like Alex who's about to come on and uh, have an epic freaking event that changes your life forever as well as your clients' lives and your audience's lives. Uh, definitely take that leap. Whatever's the next step that feels aligned and great to you, take it. I, I support that next massive action okay next up is the itunes review of the week this week it's jen hudgens love this podcast this podcast is so motivating i love the caliber of guests and the energy chris brings to the show each and every freaking time my goodness gracious thank you jen i appreciate it and if you want to give us a review go to beergps.com forward slash itunes or search greatest possible self on the apple podcast store and you can give us a review. Let us know what you love, what you want to see more of, and how we can improve the show for you. Thank you so much in advance for doing that and for choosing to become your greatest possible self. I'm going to introduce Alexandria in just a second here. Before that, though, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes, because this is the gold that you have been waiting for. You've been waiting all day long for Alex to come on and just blow your mind. So definitely stay tuned all the way through to the end of this interview, because it is going to be spicy. Miss Tomeko completed her BA in business administration with an emphasis in hospitality management at the Latin American University, Costa Rica, and an undergrad for culinary arts at the Cordon Bleu Foundations of France. One of her greatest accomplishments was the orchestration of a specific program for lifeguards in Tamarindo, Costa Rica. This particular success funded on-duty lifeguards who performed 20 rescues in the first month alone. It's beautiful. While working one-on-one -on -one with business owners, Ms. Tomeko is on a continuous mission to create and develop nonprofit organizations that hold a dear and meaningful purpose to her heart. And we are blessed to have Alex with us here today. Alex, you ready to rock the house, Superwoman? I am. I just realized my bio was a little out of date. <laughs> <laughs> It's perfect. Okay, <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks for being here. We're going to yeah. keep this fire lit in the rest of this 12-hour marathon. I know you got some, some uh, you know, an event you just got completed with, and I just acknowledge you for showing up here, continuing to add value uh, to the world, to our audience, and just keep showing up. So, you know, 
kudos to you for putting on the event, for having the courage, because a lot of people never even get to that step. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. And those who are still watching, thank you for still being on for 12 hours and doing <laughs> energy. Uh, I applaud you. 12 thank hours, you. I was hopping in and on. So um, yeah, it's been awesome listening to all these other people and dropping gold nuggets. And I was commenting as I could with things yes. I agree with. So yeah. yeah. I super appreciate it. We're going to dive into transformational travel and what that means for you, Alex. Good question. <clears throat> Don't you love that always in interviews when they say good question? It's just buying time. Yep. <laughs> just like, I know it is. <laughs> I've heard that one before. <laughs> transformational travel. Um, for me personally, I love traveling because especially in places that I don't speak the language because I find it very humbling. Right. Because you get down to the fact of you can see people who have more than you, people who have less than you. Um, and when you don't really speak the language, I love how it kind of makes you vulnerable. And so you mm. have to ask for help and support for simple things on finding the bathroom and getting fed. Um, and then you can see the generosity and really the kindness in people where they, you know, they see that you're trying really hard and they step up and help you. So I think that's really beautiful and transformational. Mm -hmm. If you haven't, you know, traveled internationally and been in that position, solo travel to a place that you feel safe, you know, research, I think it can really be life-changing. Yeah. Wow. That's so, so profound. I, I hear the, the biggest benefit for you and your perspective that you communicated is like remembering that we're all human and remembering what it's like to trust and kind of let go of knowing everything and having everything under control and allow other people to be a contribution to us. You know, I think that's what a, what a challenge it is in today's society to say, I don't know. Can I help? Can I get some help, please? Mm -hmm. You know, can can you please help me? Uh, it, it's like the ego to drop the ego and just like for something bigger, like just having a great experience, you can uh, allow someone else to contribute to you. Yeah, and connecting on a deeper level, right? Mm -hmm. So we're so disconnected. We're we're connected digitally, but we forget that we're all human and we can't really connect on a deeper level. And sometimes language barriers isn't impeding that. You know, and so a lot of people travel and they're like, oh, I went to Costa Rica or I went to Chile, I went here, but they stay in resorts. And it's like you never really connected with the people that live there and found their culture and discovered amazing things about other parts of the country or about wonderful people that you might meet in your journey. So. So they would still be in their comfort zone versus like actually stretching and expanding and being curious enough to learn uh, about someone else. And like in, in a way, fostering love for someone else that they don't even know, but it's another human being. Mm -hmm. Something that I love, and um, this might be a promo for them, but there is a show on Netflix and it's called Kindness Diaries. And it's mm. this guy that travels um, Kindness Diaries 2 is out. He did it once before and he travels from Alaska all the way down to the tip to Argentina in like a VW bug that's like 78. Um, and he has to rely on the kindness of other people, right? Mm -hmm. And so he travels through Argentina, he travels through Chile, Costa Rica, and not speaking the language and really just depending on people to feed him, to give him gas, um, to give him shelter so he can make it on his journey. And it's really surprising and just so beautiful. Well, that's, that is awesome. Okay, so this is great, Alex. And I want to hear about what you're doing with Conscious Coach Conference, Nomadic Planning, these beautiful companies that I didn't mention too much in your <laughs> intro, but <laughs> that, you're, that you're kicking butt with today. <laughs> 
Yeah. So we just wrapped up a conscious coach conference. It was a three day event. Um, mm. And oof, boy, it took it out of me. Yeah. <laughs> it was the first year. So I was so grateful to have such an amazing team support. We had 40 speakers. Um, we had a couple that had things pop up, so we needed to co- uh, cancel at the last minute. So we ended up with 37, but that's wow. still a lot that's... to manage, a lot of moving pieces. Yeah. Um, but it was beautiful. And in the end, I looked at, you know, people kept on asking me, like, how do you feel about it? Was it a success? And I was like, yeah, because one of our KPIs, key performance indicators, was really producing change. And it was amazing to see how, you know, the volunteers would come up and be like, I had a huge breakthrough. I'm like, yes, that's what we're for. And speakers would come up and be like, oh, my gosh, I discovered this. And I'm like, yes, you know. And other speakers were really pushed outside of their comfort zone because, you know, a conscious coach is merging like the business and the woo, right? So we mm-hmm. had a couple of people who were very business and corporate. Mm-hmm. And so they were sitting into like Reiki classes and yeah. like psychic classes. And so they're like, you'd see them like be uncomfortable, but they would stay and they would push themselves and like be open. And so it was beautiful. So that's specifically for coaches to, you know, help them build sustainable and scalable businesses. And then my baby is nomadic planning. And so nomadic planning produces a conscious coach conference they're wrapped in together um and our tagline for that is sustainability is a lifestyle so just like luxury it's a lifestyle right so sustainability is a base of everything that i do and it's building sustainable experiences um and really hospitable experience right so i call myself an experience coordinator not an event planner and we do multi-day events. So it's either retreats or conferences or incentive trips, anything like that. But it needs to be multi-day for us to hop on board. This is this is rad. So I love how your events company put on this this you know event. It's like what better way to you know grow the awareness of what you're able to do by saying, hey, this is what I can do for you. I'm going to do it for myself and deliver awesome change and transformation uh, in the process. I think that's really you know eating your own cooking kind of thing. It's, it's great. It's yeah, it's um, in technical terms, it's called a vertical build. Oh. So really, I built three companies in one. So I own all three, um, and that way they're kind of just slated in each other. So I can legally get paid three times in my companies, um, and it kind of just yeah, it just makes it nice. It, it's easier, right? Because once you build one, if one can help the other, why not, right? And so I can. You know. So it's vertical builds are very difficult. They're challenging. They're different, right? You have to have legalities. One company can own the other one, and you know. So, but. It's awesome. Um, I'm not actually a coach. A lot of people mistake me for a coach and they're like, mm. oh, I see a conscious coach. So you're a coach. And I'm like, no, I'm an experienced coordinator. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, got the download to help coaches. So, mm. you know, a year ago, I was like, I don't really want to do this, a conscious coach conference, but something inside of me told me that I had to step up and do it. And so we ended up with three companies. <laughs> so awesome. I love this. Okay. So it's clear, you know, a thing or two about business and running these events and, and cool experiences. Let's go back into your journey and talk about like, how did we get to this point today? Cause I think it's always awesome to catch people up on your journey. Yeah. So I do know a lot about business, but there's always room for growth and learning. Right. And this year I learned a lot, but it started, um, and I told you a little bit in the interview before this. Um, yeah, I grew up in a household where 
you know, we were really well off at one point and then things kind of shifted, right? Like that can happen to anybody. But something that was really important for us was making each other feel special. And that was mainly my older sister and my mom. And so for holidays, birthdays, any kind of event, any excuse really to throw a party, they were on it. And they did the most amazing details. And whenever we through a party, the Tomatoes house was kind of where you needed to be, right? Everybody would like drop everything to come to our party. And it really taught me about fostering connections and the hospitality piece and taking care of each other. And a lot of times, you know, people get busy in life and it just happens. Like maybe you guys are neighbors and then the other person moves away. And so holidays and events are a great reason to come back together, right? And really connect on a deeper level and hold space for each other. Mm. And so that was kind of ingrained in me and I didn't really realize that until I went to college and I got my BA in hospitality. So all about hotels and how to be hospitable and customer service and cooking. Mm. And I kind of just stumbled upon a gig, my first job, and I planned um, incentive trips. They're called fam trips internally. And what they are are um, trips for salespeople like booking.com or kayak or things like that. And you take them to a certain area in the country um, and a lot of them were clients that we represented as a marketing company that mm-hmm. you have them test your products so okay. that they know how to sell them better, right? Because mm-hmm. what better than to explain an experience that you've had? Yeah. And so I kind of just did everything like on autopilot. I just kind of knew what I was doing. And from there, I left that job and went into exchange groups for students, so international exchange groups. So people coming from the States would come to Costa Rica, and I was their director. And I would do all the logistics, help with the host moms, you know, put out fires, help uh, sustain them emotionally because drama would sometimes come up. You know, sometimes they would be homesick or, you know, not able to follow the rules or not understand and get frustrated with the language. Um, and then from there, I went on and I became an event planner. And that lasted a hot minute. <laughs> and then I was burnt out. And so I took like a hiatus for about two years and I moved here to California and I worked in other things. I worked in behavior therapy, which was, was actually ended up helping my work here because I could see intentions behind behaviors and actually behavior therapy. We work with children that are on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And I hate explaining it this way, but it's really what we do. It's manipulation of behavior to social, social standards. Mm-hmm. So you learn to lightly manipulate people's behavior to get the outcome that you expect. So what better for an experienced curve coordinator and people who are managing events than someone who could help manipulate behavior and kind of like do a little bit of crowd control. So after that, I became a consultant for um, hotels and restaurants. And I did that for about two years. I thought, you know, what better than to, you know, tell people what to do, get a fat check and just leave. And I realized there was a lot of, you know, you're a reflection, your business is a reflection of you. So if you have mindset issues, if you have money mindset issues, if you have, you know, your little rebellious don't like to have a lot of discipline and order, that's all going to show up in your business. So I was, you know, hired to fix the systems in the business, which for me was easy. Oh, yeah, you just do this, 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 and this. And then I realized that the problem was usually much deeper. And I didn't want to go into coaching. I'm not a certified coach. It's not what I like doing. I like systems. I like operations. I like planning. So I decided to close that company and kind of had real talk with myself. Like, okay, you can't just keep on, like, building companies and closing them. Like, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Like, you're about to be. Like, at that point, I was... 
28 or something. I was like, come on, we're almost 30. You got to get it together. <laughs> so, um, and a little of that was my mom as well. Like you can't just keep on, right. She kept on sending me like job applications oh from gosh. other places. So I sat in my office for about a week and I just realized that everything that I was doing was planning. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, it's, it's been a while, you know, I, I'm, I've rested, I've recovered from my burnout of wedding planning. Mm. Um, so I started to just look at what did I really enjoy about it and what did I dislike about it? And mm. then that's how I, you know, refined the service I wanted to give. And then I looked for a market that fit it. And then that's how kind of nomadic planning was born. That and so is, here we are that is <laughs> two beautiful, years later. Beautiful. So your mission with nomadic planning, <laughs> um, why, why did you say I want to plan other people's events and especially, you know, um, travel destination events? Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, it's not everyone's zone of genius. Everyone has their zone of genius. And I see it as, you know, society has taught us in conditioning that you should be good at everything, right? Jack mm. of all trades kind of thing. And as entrepreneurs, we try to do that. And most people aren't successful because of that, right? Mm. And so I know my lane. I know that I am really good at that. Um, And that's where I like, like it's in the event planning world, we're like, it's like a high, like every event, like it, it takes it out of you energetically, like physically, you're exhausted afterwards. Like it's a lot, like you rip out your hair at times and like you (laughs) grunt a lot. But it's a high, you know, because you're doing all of these numbers and Excels and spreadsheets. And then all of that comes to life in physical form. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really beautiful to be a part of. And um, yeah, I just really enjoy it. And I host my own events. They're more on like a private level of, you know, people's birthday. They'll call me Mm -hmm. and be like, hey, do you want to help me plan my boyfriend's birthday? I'm like, yes, why didn't you? know?" Or people will actually sometimes be afraid and they're like, it's because this is what you do. I'm like, yeah, but I do it because I love it. Mm -hmm. So really helping people to set up the container so that they can shine in it, right? Mm -hmm. So coaches are good at coaching. They're great at coaching. That's why they're coaches. They want to change the world. They want to transform. So they shouldn't be running around thinking about how many mats should be laid down in blocks for their next session, right? Mm. Or if the clicker is working for AV or, you know, the deposits that need to be in. So I can provide that support on so many levels mm. and that container so that they can do what they need to do to get the world where it needs to be. What, uh, I know you're like super detail oriented and brilliant in your planning and thinking, long-term thinking. Uh, long-term what do you see? What was the biggest benefit for uh, hosting a coaches conference? <laughs> Long term. So benefit for the coaches or benefit for me? Both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> benefit for the coaches. It's really a conscious coach conference. And our logo, if you guys look it up, it's a seed because we're for the babies, we call them, right? Mm-hmm. So one to three years. Um, those who are struggling that have the idea or have been a coach for a year to two, but can't really like create a sustainable business. Right. So the benefit for them is to really help them grow. And then for us, it's to grow with them. So on top of before I said, we vertically built three businesses and it's because we have nomadic planning, a conscious coach conference Mm -hmm. and conscious company collective is the third. So Conscious Co- Company Collective is actually launching at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And it is a curated collective for those who attend a Conscious Coach Conference. So it kind of keeps that accountability and furthers their education. So we sit there and we send out forms and say, okay, 
you guys really, really were interested in Facebook ads. Like this year, Facebook ads, like everybody walked out of the session and they're like, oh my God, right? So I'm like, okay, we're going to call them back like once a quarter and go deep, right? Bring your computer. We're actually going to work on it. We're going to like see the needle move in your business. And no conference does that. So for us, it's about building a tribe and a community later that we know that all of these business owners are going to be six and seven figure business because we're supporting them. And usually you remember those who helped you get to where you are, right? I remember Mm -hmm. all of my mentors. So it's really building a community that it's going to be a bunch of powerhouses that we want to help continue to nurture and grow with. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And especially because you're helping those people right at the point of like breakout, you know, like getting out to that, that breakout six, seven figure. That's like typically the point where people feel like they're free from like scarcity, you know, like to, mm-hmm. to break through that and break into abundance and like freedom. Um, like what, what a beautiful feeling, you know, and then it's, it's like the internal work to feel like it's enough, right. To feel yeah. like, okay, when, when do I feel like I've gotten off the hamster wheel of, of building and creating and selling and stuff. And, you know, I think there's a, a lifelong journey with that and, and, you know, just learning to love the process. Uh, but I also know we talked at the beginning of this about self-care. I'm curious mm. how self-care comes into uh, what you're sharing with coaches <laughs> and uh, just in general, your philosophy around it. Yeah. So self-care comes up a lot. Like you'll see it a lot mentioned in social media and that can mean anything to anyone, right? So sometimes self-care is sleeping in and sometimes it's, staying up late to connect with someone that your heart and your soul just really wants to be with at that time. So whatever it means to you in events, I'm very specific about talking and I actually gave a presentation at the conference about events and we touched about self-care and it's really about, you know, and we're talking to a bunch of coaches, which is your target market, right? And probably healers as well. Mm -hmm. So they understand that we're energy And, you know, our aura field and everything else. So when hosting an event, you're taking on a lot of people's energy. You're holding space for them energetically in a way that is very draining. So a lot of people, you know, host their event and then plan a bunch of stuff afterwards. Mm -hmm. And they just crash, right? There is a thing called an event hangover. And so before we popped on, I was like, "Are did you go to the bathroom? Like, are you good? Like, I have seen you for 12 hours going. You need to take (laughs) care of yourself. Right. And even I've been doing this for, you know, 14 years. I got burnt out twice. I couldn't remember my name last time. So it's very dangerous. And as entrepreneurs, we always want to push ourselves. Right. And right after the event, there's all of this momentum that we have built. So that's where the high comes in. Right. We're like, okay, we're planning for next year. My whole team was like, what are we doing? What do we need to do? And I was like, you need to take a nap. You need to sleep in. You need to eat. Did you take your supplements, right? And I had, during the event, such a great support team where I was going, 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 and they would come up to me, have you eaten? Have you hydrated? Did you take a nap? Why are you still wearing heels? <laughs> what can we do for you? You know, it was funny because one of our volunteers was like, they kept on collecting water bottles. Mm. Remember, and I have this one, but we had a great sponsor. And I just would like take a sip, put it down and someone would need me and I would run to go help them, right? And then I'd pick up another, they'd give me another one and I'd open it and I'd take a couple sips and then I'd put it down and I'd run off. And so they're like, somebody just keeps on like drinking half, you know, half drank coconut water. So I was like, that's me. I just need to sharpen my name on it so I can find it later. Um, So yeah, it's really important to take care of your body and to listen to your body because 
burnout takes so much longer to recover from than just sleeping in an extra half hour, just Mm -hmm. really eating something warm. Like the day after the event, we finished on a Monday. Mm. Yeah, on a Monday. It was 1 a.m. because I was still connecting with my team and everybody was like still really excited and hyped up. And so we had like some champagne and lasagna, like a hot meal. Um, and I drew myself a bath intentionally. I found that if you, you know, draw a bath to about halfway point, it makes you where like you feel bad and you can't let the water out. So you have to get into the bathtub. Mm. And it was like <laughs> one and a half, one, one thirty in the morning and I'm taking a bath until about three, but I needed it. My body was exhausted. Right. And so mm. then I was able to sleep in a little bit. So I don't mean like taking baths at one thirty. that's like something that I do, but really taking care of yourself. I was able to have one of my really good friends and he's a neuros. I'm going to butcher what he does all the time. Um, neurochiropractic. Um, okay. So it's called an entrainment. It's really great. And he came in on Sunday, which was midway. And he adjusted me, right? So mm-hmm. I had little like treatments in between. I'm going to see him again. I got my hair washed. So that felt really good. I got mm-hmm. taken care of after. So it's just making sure, you know, if you guys are doing international retreats or events, like book a day after or two mm-hmm. days after and stay on site. Also self-care before, right? Um, fly in one or two days earlier. That's mm-hmm. like a great hack. Why? Because you're going to be on site, get adjusted to whatever time exchange there is, if there is one. And also half of our brain doesn't rest the first night we're somewhere new, right? Mm. As an instinctive protection we have. So a lot of people, when they travel the first night, they don't sleep very well because their brain is on high alert, right? So I have hacks where I take, I have a candle next to my bed, which has a specific scent that I travel with that. And then I light it. And so you can do things like that or just arriving one or two days before because then the second night your body can ease and your mind is calm because it's like, okay, we were here already and we realized there are no threats that are going to come into the room. We're still very primal beings. so This is is gold. I love it. We're diving into some tactical, juicy stuff. And I love that we're activating the um, olfactory, I think, is the smell Mm -hmm. uh, sense, which is like the strongest sense that we have. (laughs) So if we uh, train it with a familiar scent and then bring that with us, then it's like, oh, you know, things are more peaceful and okay than I thought, even though I've been on a freaking 18-hour plane flight or whatever, you know, it's been. Yeah, if you think about it, like people who take their own pillow, like half of it is, yes, you know, the certain way that your neck is positioned, but another is that's your smell, right? Mm -hmm. When you think about babies or puppies and you leave them, you give them something, that sense of smell is very comforting to them. And Mm -hmm. I have a very sensitive sense of smell. So that's the hack that I found. Um, Like, yeah, you can take, you know, your supplements and everything else or a picture, but I feel like that is consistent throughout the night. Like even when you Mm -hmm. blow out the candle, if it's, you know, mine is vanilla scented, I still can smell it. So it's still reassuring that that protective element, that part of home is there with me. And you can buy like small candles, you know, that you can travel with. Gold, 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 gold. I want to talk about putting on an epic retreat, an epic event. What do we need to know? Like, let's start from the beginning. What does it take? A lot. (laughs) (laughs) It takes Alex. That's what it takes. You know, that's why you should just hire me or any other one who's on this interview. (laughs) Marathon. Like, that's what we're here for. So for retreats, it's I say it's very left-brained, but also with right brain, right? So you need that creativity, but then you also need that order. So that's why event planners were kind of like unicorns, right? Because we can do both really, really well and we can switch in between. 
So I'd say the key things would be a budget. So many people and time. Those are like the two biggest things. And I'll probably add a third in a second, but two biggest things. So I have clients that will call me and they're like, I want to play a retreat. I'm like, great. And we start going down like the intake questions. And then I'm like, when do you want to play in the retreat? They're like, in four months. I'm like, great. Tell me how it goes because I can't help you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's not enough time, right? Mm. Um, I get it. You're inspired. You want to go for it. But people have schedules. People have to ask for time off. People have to figure out budgeting and Monday money. You need to master all the details of the retreat before you can launch it. So I have a rule of thumb for me. It's six, six to nine months. So six months if it's national, so within the United States, and nine months at least if it's international. And that's to successfully plan it, right? So we can plan it in one to two months. Like we can get all the nitty gritty down, um, but then it's giving them enough time to market it. And I know you had a couple of people on here talking about marketing with great golden nuggets. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's really important, especially if it's your first, right? Because they don't know you. Who are you? You know, you, you're, I'm supposed to pay you $5,000 and trust you to take me all the way to Bali. Like what? Excuse me. No. So it's, you know, you have to build that like no and trust factor. And the great thing about coaches is many of them can like put that on part of their program. Mm-hmm. Right. So it builds that and they can just include it or they can upsell the retreat as part of their program. So they already have a tribe to pull from. And so that's why I usually only work with six and seven figure coaches with retreat planning because they already have that built, right? Um, And they're secure enough to not add that extra stress to the retreat because I've had a lot of, you know, clients when I was starting out and I was still, you know, trying to find my niche and, you know, they were starting out. And so they didn't really have the financials to put down the deposits and they were stressing. And so then that stress, you know, doesn't really create flow and abundance. And then it makes their experience not so great. And so then we just kind of end up like stopping. Um, and then whenever they're ready, we can pick back up, right? Because um, I want to make it a great experience for the host. I want to make it a great experience for myself. You know, I who wants clients that they don't want to call back? <laughs> I've had that in my life. Like that was part of my commitments when I made nomadic planning. So enough time and really budgeting. So Mm. many times I get, and with coaches, you guys are inspired by divine most of the time. And they'll just be like, "Mm, $2,000. And we'll just throw out a number. Okay. Where, like, talk to me, where did you get these $2,000 from? And they're like, yeah, but I want a venue that's $30,000. I'm like, then you know that for basic math, how many people you need to get. (laughs) So it's like, you know, and my partner, actually, I'm always like up here and like super like I'm manifesting and magic and this. And he's always like, but reality. And I'm like, no, but reality. With my clients, I do ground them in reality, yep. right? So, like, really budgeting and wow. seeing, okay, $2,000 was the ideal price point. Like, that's okay to have that. Like, this would be my ideal price point that they can afford. And then looking at the numbers, okay, this is what it's going to yield me, right? Because so many people par- price backwards. Like, you mm. need to price, like, how much are you going to pay yourself? How much is the location? I took a poll when I first started. 50% of the people go for the retreat to the retreats for the location. Not even mm. for you, mm. right? It's it's a vacation with a plus, plus, plus. Mm. So that's the benefit that coaches have. Like yoga retreats go for, you know, 1500 to 2500 here in Costa Rica, in California. Um, and so for a coach, you can do that, right? You can add in yoga. You can add in things plus your coaching. Yeah. So that just makes it more valuable. Not only are you going to go to, you know, 
San Diego or Greece or Bali. But on top of that, you get like self-development included, right? You get food included. Mm-hmm. I prefer to only work with all-inclusive retreats, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes the price also go up. So then you can play with it internally and make more money off of it. Mm-hmm. What are some common pitfalls around having a successful retreat other than, um, you know, making sure there's enough time and window to market it as well as like making sure the budget is enough to sustain it? Yeah. Um, Communication is highly important, Mm. right? So if this is not your comfort zone, again, don't try this at home, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, international travelers, there's different things. I actually was brought on when I first started, the very first retreat I worked on. I had sent them a budget and it was like three grand at that point. And it was to help them plan the retreat. I lived in Costa Rica. They were coming from New York and they didn't want to pay what I was worth. So I said, that's fine. And then I opted just to help them with concierge and hospitality things, tours and things like that, language barriers, all of that. Um, and I went to help them pick up someone at the airport. And about an hour later, they still haven't come out. So I'm calling the people back at the retreat center. I'm like, you know, where is this person? Let's track them down. You know, I have other people waiting, you know, yada, yada. And they're like, oh, yeah, her passport expired. So they don't let you travel with at least uh, with under six months on your passport. Right. So I'm like, yeah, that's yeah, that's common knowledge. And they're like, oh, we didn't know. so we didn't tell them. Right. So the more you prepare, like, again, that's the time thing. The more you know and the more information you give people that are coming, mm. the smoother everything is. Right. So a lot of event planners and people who host events, not event planners, but people who host events mm-hmm. believe that keeping information is going to help them, right? Like hiding the itinerary is going to benefit them in some way. But the more information you give people, the more actually they're willing to collaborate and be like, oh, I have to be here by nine. So I'm going to make sure I need to do all of my things to be here by nine, yep. right? And then I know that this and this and this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. So you know, not building, I popped in and I saw someone talking about websites, right? Like not having enough information on their website. Mm -hmm. Like they're giving you a portion of their life, like a time of their life. They're giving you a lot of money. Like they need to know not only the benefits, right? They talk about the pain points, everything else, Mm -hmm. but what are they getting? What should they expect? Mm -hmm. Are you going to have them in like a joint room? Um, I personally don't like planning with Airbnbs because Mm -hmm. logistically, There's not enough bathrooms for people. The rooms are not the same. Hotels are built for this, right? Mm. If the Airbnb runs out of hot water and let's say someone like me decides to take a bath at 2 a.m. in the morning, who am I going to call? Because I want hot water. That's going to be you. And then you're not going to sleep and then you can't actually hold space for people tomorrow. (laughs) Right? So, you know, providing them information. Some people are like, oh, yeah. And it's like, joint rooms and they don't put it on the website and people buy and then they get there and they're very upset because they didn't know it was a joint room or a shared bathroom. Like, yes, some people, you know, love the part of being community, but I don't want to share a bathroom with people I haven't met. And I'm a very sociable person, right? Like I need my space. A retreat is to retreat, right? It's to go within. It's to, you know, work through stuff, rest, recover, all of these things. And so, you know, some people also personality wise, like if you put someone who's extremely messy in a room with someone who is a neat freak, that's going to be a shit show. I don't know if I can cuss on this, you but can, I did. Yes. Right? You can so consciously like, swear on this show, Alex. It's going to be a doo doo show. Um, so, yeah, those are like the main things like time, marketing, um, budgets, 
and, and knowing, right. Knowing your weaknesses. I love working with the clients that I've had in the past and that I have where they're like, this is not my zone of genius. So take the wheel. Mm-hmm. And they trust me. Right. Because they know that, you know, my zone of genius is coaching and not planning or treats, like not figuring out the budgets, not finding the vendors. Um, so that's the other. And then, you know, trying to hire their friends. And I say this in a nice way where, and I wrote a note down because I was like, I need to make sure I say this. Um, you can go lean on a lot of things in your budget and that's mm-hmm. fine, right? It's the first time you don't want to pay a lot out of pocket. That's fine. Whatever you do, do not fly your chef out. What? No, you can't do that. Like mm-hmm. if your friend is a yoga teacher, that's great. Find a local yoga teacher. And I have friends that are yoga too. I have friends who are chef. My sister's a chef. And she's like, I'm not flying out for you. Don't, don't ever fly your, like she taught me, don't ever fly mm-hmm. your chef out. Right. Cause you're going to have to pay their stay. You're going to have to pay for, you know, their food. Then, you know, you have to pay them for their services oh when you can find someone locally. Yeah. And it's going to be a quarter of the price. Like if you're in Bali, a yoga teacher is going to charge you what for a private class versus something like that. A chef, a private chef somewhere else, you can find them easily. They already know what's in season. They know how to cook it. They know where to get the freshest, the cheapest. They're probably going to charge the wages of the country that you're in. You know, unless you're going to Monaco, don't fly in your chef, right? (laughs) So those are other things to get. One thing that you do want to consider is flying your media person. Mm. You have a good media person, always fly out your media person. People who do retreats and they don't get enough of media. So then they can't market the next one, right? And hopefully it's not a one and done, right? Hopefully you're doing retreats because you want to continue to do retreats because you want to bring it into your program. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do one and done because they get burnout. They don't have a good experience. They end up in the red. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's because they don't do enough time. They don't do enough planning, budgeting, marketing, and they don't have enough media. Yeah, this is is so good. Like I love the... um you know, the media person, especially because like when you do an event, the whole purpose is to, yes, make money for your company. Yes. Change and transform people's lives, deliver the value, create community, all that great stuff. But it's also to keep going, you know, to be sustainable. And what's the best way to, you know, be sustainable. It's to fuel the next event that's coming up. And I think that's, that's super powerful. I want to talk about details because I know that was a big part of our pre-interview call and how uh, important details can be um tell us about details paying attention to details as far as the experience of a retreat yes so do you know what the difference between an experience is and an event Mm. tell us (laughs) he's like don't leave me hanging (laughs) an experience is an event that an opinion is placed on So an event can be anything. My phone fell. That's an event. I'm talking to you. It's an event. An opinion is what creates an experience, right? Mm. So everyone has opinions. You know, like someone said they were like booty holes. Everybody has one. Like, yeah, everybody has opinion. (laughs) So it's your job as the host through details to manipulate that opinion, Mm. that experience, to make it good or bad, right? I lost my luggage. Bad. I had really great food and connected with great people. Good, right? Um, So the details are the little things that most people don't notice. Things of, you know, giving your team, first of all, always have a team. We can go into team later, but always have a team. Giving your team pictures of your attendees ahead of time. 
So I know you by name by the moment you get out of the flight, right? Details like speaking to them by name. If they have a um, prefix, is it, that they like on their name? If they're doctor or missus, you can put that in. You know, making sure that you honor and respect that. Making sure, let's talk about, like, food allergies. Details like that. Oh, by the way, you're allergic to nuts. This has nuts in it. We got you something different. Mm. How does that feel versus, oh, we have to find an EpiPen. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Details in rooms. Right? Details in the like there's so many but in the overall from how you greet them what they look at on the website how you talk to them when you close the call you should you know if it's a five thousand dollar retreat it's your first you're you're gonna want to get on calls with these people right establish trust with them so taking an intake form of you know talking to them and pulling out personal information so they know someone told me i can't remember the retreat that it is but when they do the intake calls, they ask like, what was your favorite superhero or something like that? And they have one in their room. Like, Oh, I love like this type of car. Like how cool is that? Right. Does that make a wonderful memory? And it's not just like, Ooh, I Instagrammed. It's like, that makes me feel really special. Mm. Right. So it's think of the details that make people feel special. What is your favorite snack? You know what? If you have An hour trip from where I pick you up from the flight, we're talking mainly international, right? If I pick you up from the flight and we have to go for an hour and I know what your favorite snack is, I can have that in the van for you. Wow. Because usually you're going to be hungry when you get off of a flight, right? Getting in their shoes and thinking about it. Like, what are the things that you don't want to pack? Like, I don't want to pack a yoga mat. So don't worry. We have yoga mats for you at the venue. Make sure that they don't stink. That's another detail. Like, to really go through and envision and sometimes I'll sit there in my office and be like, okay, I'm getting off the flight and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Oh, we're missing this here. And we go back and put in, mm. right? So really walk through a visualization of how your attendee is going to be walking through all of the steps that you're leading them before, during, and after the retreat. Post-retreat mm. details are just as important. Mm. How are you going to wrap up? Like not only how are you going to take care of yourself, how are you going to take care of your team? How are you going to wrap up? You know, are you going to send them a video, a personalized video saying, hey, it was so great to have you out there. We'll be sending you, you know, B-roll soon. Make sure that you do this and this and this. Mm. Um, Make sure you arrive safe. You know, how how can you make it more intimate? We're all craving connection. We're all craving intimacy now in this world the way that it is, right? So how can you not only provide a space where you can cultivate that, but really create that for them and that experience that they take home. Hmm. So good. I love how uh, the difference between event and experience is the opinion goes with the experience. And it's our responsibility of what is the opinion that this person is having. And it's, it's within our power to change everything we possibly can about their opinion in a positive way that has them say, I freaking love my experience and to think Mm -hmm. out consciously think that out. Uh, It can be difficult though, for someone who's never done a retreat, for example, to think out all of that stuff. That's why it's great to have someone like you, Alex, who can Mm -hmm. support them through that because you've done this before a time or two. <laughs> or many, many more. <laughs> or many, many more. You've done it a lot. Um, you know, and, and really I think that's that's the power of like having a powerful team. You know, like it's so important to have a, a team who can help you achieve these things more successfully. That's like in in essence, everyone who came on my marathon today, the marathon today, like y'all are my team. 
just so you know. <laughs> Welcome to the club, you know, and, and uh, you know, just sharing with me, not only that, but our audience and everyone who's able to tune in today and get this information. Like, I love that social media makes people so accessible and this wisdom and this information so accessible. And you can't, you can't like cover all the bases just consuming content, right? Like you got to have a personalized touch to have that like really transformational high level experience. So tell us a little bit more about team, how that plays into an event and making it successful. Yeah. So team and communication with your team, also communication with your attendees, right? So a lot of times shit's going to happen. And because I can cuss on here, it's fine. Yep. Shit's going to happen, right? And even as me being an experienced, very seasoned event planner, um, an experienced coordinator, things happen, right? Mm -hmm. But the more communicative you are with it without causing panic, frustration, anxiety, or stress to your attendees, the more likely they are going to roll with the punches, right? Like, hey, we're delayed 30 minutes. It's okay. We're just mm -hmm. going to do this instead, right? They're going to be like, oh, no problem. Like, we're chilling. But if you don't tell them, then that cre creates anxiety, right? So communication with them, communication with your team. Team, having people that you really trust, mm -hmm. that really align with your vision is really important and that are like in it to win it as a team. Mm -hmm. With that, you know, at the very beginning, I mentioned something about KPIs, right? Key performance indicators. Sit down with your team and write what those are for you. Because like for Conscious Coach, money was not our first. Like it was like our third or fourth down the list. You know, the first one was making sure that people had breakthroughs, making sure that people felt heard and seen, right? So what are your goals as a team? What is your vision? And what is like your core values that you stand for as a company so that your team can always represent that? Mm. And having people that know their stuff, right? So if you're going to fly in a videographer, like that they know that stuff that you trust that you've gone over, right? That you've either done those design boards for them or that you've talked out, this is what I want to get. Um, definitely having a right hand. Like if you are hosting, having a right hand. Why? Because they're going to be that person that takes care of you while you're taking care of everyone else, mm. right? And also they can function as buffer because sometimes we need just space from holding space from everyone, right? So like I walked out at the conference and I was just like, I need five seconds. So my team was like all around me, like just buffering and like, Oh, let me help you with that. Oh, let me, and like just taking people away from me. Cause I just needed a moment to pause. Um, and you know, it's communication. The more planning you do, the easier it's going to be for the team. Right. So the more checklists and timelines and things that they do, the more independent they can be, which really helps you. So you don't have to sit there and tell them things every single time. Like, okay, now this is going to happen. Right. Mm. No, it's like, you know, that at 9 PM, this is what's going to happen. And so they're already on it. Mm. Um, yeah. And showing a lot of appreciation and taking care of them as well. You know, people rise up and do more than expected when they feel appreciated and respected. So always remember to really thank your team, to really, you know, show them love. Like if they have favorite snacks, give them their favorite snacks, you know, like little things as well so that they feel appreciated. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, there are tests. So there's, you know, Myers-Briggs. There's was one that I really like is Wealth Dynamics. Hmm. And it shows also where are their zones of genius? So, because again, if you're going to stay in your lane, but you have someone that that's their zone of genius as well, they're going to keep on crossing into your lane and there's going to be conflict. 
right? And once you release things, really trust them to do that. But also having that understanding that if I'm going to tell you to do something, I expect it to be completed. Right. But unless, that's, unless there's something that would stop you, then let me know in the moment. Yeah. Otherwise, if we, if we get an agreement <laughs> resolution, it's done. <laughs> yeah. And having, again, like that clear communication of expectations. Yeah. So I had to learn that a lot. Like I've managed a lot of teams and like big teams, right? I was a wedding planner at a hotel. So I had about 200 people under me at times and it's creating that clear expectation, you know? And so all the people I onboard, even if it's an intern, I'm like, look, I will sit here for three hours explaining one point to you as long as you understand, but don't hang up the phone, say you understand, and then come back and be like, I did it the way that I thought I should from what I understood when you'd actually weren't clear, Mm. right? That's my number one rule. Right. So being very clear in communication is going to help things flow. So your team doesn't get frustrated. You don't get frustrated with them. And then you can just kind of flow. And so you get that you check in with agreements like, does that make sense? What are you mm-hmm. hearing? You know what? So what will you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have them. And they and partially it's because usually I'm doing something as we're talking, unfortunately. Yep, yep. Um, but I'll be like, can you email me back? what you understood and what you're going to do mm. in your own words, right? So we talked about this and then please send me an email with all the things we covered and the things that are due this week. Mm. Right. And that can be themes, teams with like interns. Like we have marketing interns. We had a big team for a conscious coach. Um, but like also teams on the ground, right. With operations, you're usually going to need to be doing shifts. Like your team sometimes isn't going to be doing the grunt of the work that you are mm. like, my team isn't going to be sitting there for 14 hours, like not getting, they're definitely not getting paid what I'm getting paid. Right. So like, okay, so you're going to be here for eight. You're going to be here for six. You're going to take a four hour break and then you're going to come back and you're going to be re-energized and and good to go. This is powerful. This is, this is so good. Um, I love leadership being mixed in with this, not just having a great event, but like, how do you be a great leader? How do you be a great, you know, human being to work with and facilitate everyone getting what they want and not like missing the dropping the ball with anyone's expectations or what it is that they want to experience. Yeah. Another thing with expectations is, and that I mention always in my presentations is, um, expectations are manageable right Mm. but also as an event host you can set expectations so if i say you're going to a halloween themed uh, retreat that's going to set an expectation Mm -hmm. that then i can meet Mm -hmm. so if you're setting expectations or you're not setting expectations at all so people are going to already expect something and so they're you're not a mind reader you're never going to be able to reach them you're never going to be able to exceed their expectations so you know being clear on this is what we're offering you and this is what we're delivering and then you can go above and beyond. But if you don't set expectations for yourself, for your team, for your attendees, you're not going to be able to meet them because they're just going to assume other things, have their own opinions, have their own outcomes that they think they want or that they need or that they're going to get. And then you're not going to be able to meet them. So good. Alex, this is super powerful. I want to begin wrapping it up with some final takeaways, what we can do to like really have these, these unforgettable destination experiences, uh, anything else that makes them like memorable, sink deep into people's subconscious minds, it sticks there forever. Yeah. I'd say when, when you're thinking about planning an experience, think of all five senses. Mm. I almost said six, Mm. (laughs) five senses right? How can you play on all five senses? Mm. Um, The more information you have, the better prepared you can be, 
right? So emergency contact information from your attendees, dietary restrictions that you have, abilities that you have. You know, if you're planning a trek, a giant hike, and you have people who have bum knees, that's not going to be a good experience for them. Um, So taking those things into consideration, something that we talked about in our pre-interview was, um, you know, as a host, you're responsible for everything, right? You got to wear the mama, papa bear suit, right? So think about them. Like, think, get in a nurturing mode of like, I am your parent. Mm. (laughs) What are their needs and how can you meet their needs? And then exceeds their needs, right? So, you know, we just went to a hike that was super cold. So we're going to have hot chocolate waiting and tea and maybe coffee for those who don't drink coffee or just hot water with lime, you know, have all the options. Um, So that will really help because you are as a host responsible for them, for their safety, for their health um, and for how they feel. And that's really important that a lot of people don't talk about. Mm. Mm. Be the mama, be the daddy, provide that epic experience. Nurture, protect your your cubs. And Alex, I can tell you protect your cubs and your clients and the people who you work with and uh, just everything you're doing. Awesome, awesome stuff. How do people stay connected with you? What do they do next? Yes, so I do have a free gift. I think I sent you the link. So for those who are worried about all the things and all those details, I have decided to give you guys a retreat planning checklist so don't get scared it's dated from 18 months i think so a year and a half in advance but you can minimize those those dates um and that's really just all of the like overall details that maybe you won't think about right it's like traveler's insurance and the website and details that you need to get out to them and then i love if you connected with me via linkedin Given the capacity of the events we've been running, Nomadic Planning has taken a back seat, but it's going to be up and running shortly. So LinkedIn, I'll drop my link below. And then also info at a nomadicplanning.com. Info at nomadicplanning.com. You can shoot me an email. I'd love to talk more with you guys if you have any questions, give you any support that I can. Boom shakalaka. Alex, you're a powerhouse. Thank you so much. Thanks for running through the finish line of 12 back-to-back power freaking packed interviews. What's it like? I mean, you you just finished a three-day conference. I just finished a 12-hour marathon. We're yeah. practically like brother and sister here. <laughs> what, what, my question for you is, what is the self-care that you're going to do tonight for yourself? Oh, my gosh. So me and my girlfriend, we recently started doing um, yoga and okay. particularly naked yoga by candlelight. Um, after, <laughs> after it's good it's after incredible. yeah just like totally like self-expression you know to to because after being in a camera like you're you're so focused on others and so it's like let everything off and just be self-expressed mm-hmm. and own your own skin uh it's just been super powerful so to do that and uh yoga eat some nourishing delicious scrumptious food and then cuddle with my girlfriend that's awesome that's it. That sounds amazing. Good yeah. for you. Good Thank for you. you. Thank you. And everyone who's listening to the end of this interview, you're welcome. Sorry if it's too TMI. <laughs> no, I'm not. You, you're here for a reason. <laughs> you needed to hear that. They're probably like, naked yoga? Um, yeah, look that up, guys. It's healthy. <laughs> I love it. Alex, you are a superstar. Thanks for being here, and we will see you very soon, okay? Yeah, thank you for having me. Such a joy. And you made it to the finish line. And those who are still listening, holla. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go.
Oh my gosh. I gotta, I gotta introduce you to my business partner. He's in Del Mar. We can, we're going to make some ha- magic happen and uh, make do. next year's event even better. I can feel it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I look forward to staying in touch with you and hearing all about your retreat that you're planning. It's going to be amazing. Magic. <laughs> all right, Alex. Now we'll you know, you, you just got to be the papa bear. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Step into like, my... What would I, yeah. What would Alex do? That's all you have to say. Like, oh, okay. WWAD, yes. There you go. I'm gonna we'll make ta- bracelets next ta- year. I'm gonna get a tattoo. Bracelets? What is that? Come on. <laughs> I mean, because I want, again, it's the details. I want you to have the freedom to you know, <laughs> remove it and put it back on. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Alex, <laughs> I appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you. Have a good night. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry and desperate for what you have to offer, make a great income off of your genius, or if you're ready to get more clients to pay you more money, head over to www.employeeescapeplan.com and let Joe know you were sent by Chris. Did you enjoy this episode? Let your friends know about it. Share the website, beyourgps.com and send me some love on social media. If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, Head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality, and make every day your best day ever.